right, hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, if you didn't already notice the name change to the podcast, which you probably did because you had to click into this, but um, did go forward with the rebrand. So welcome to Just a Girl from Cleveland. Uh, I really debated on the name for weeks, honestly, because I was just afraid to change it, but I kind of wanted it to feel more personal to me and what I was talking about. Um, and it took me an, embar- an embarrassing amount of time to take that picture that is now the, the cover art of the podcast, but I'm really excited about the rebrand. I think it's um, a fun, clever name that still ties into Cleveland and, you know, the the play on Just a Kid from Akron, LeBron. Um, so super pumped about it. I hope you guys like it too. Um, it's been a while <laughs> since I've recorded. It seems like a whole lifetime has happened since the last episode I posted, kind of speaking on what was changing in sports when when things kind of stopped there, starting with um, Rudy Gobert and um, him having the coronavirus, pausing the NBA at that point in time, and it just, things continued to spiral from there. Um, my life has definitely changed in a lot of ways. Uh, since the coronavirus outbreak started here and um, I'm just hoping for the day when we can get back to normal for so many people uh, including our beloved sports. I have definitely missed having that in my life. Um, I feel like I was ready to bring the podcast back one because I just need something to do right now and this is something I really enjoy doing um, and I I just want to keep doing it and keep growing it um, even during a time where there's not as much sports news out there in, in the news cycle. But um, I did feel at the same time that there have been more permanent dates given, maybe not permanent, <laughs> probably I would say temporary because everything is kind of subject to change with, with the current world we're living in. Um, the NFL draft happened, which has provided you know, quite a few news stories out there, just something to debate on and talk about. Uh, and it, it does seem like we get into June, there's going to be some golf tournaments starting. It, it feels like things are going to look different, but we will have sports in some form or fashion coming up here in the next, you know, I would say few months. So um, definitely wanted to to get back on and, and work on this podcast again. So I am I'm happy to to be back with just a girl from Cleveland. It's going to I'm probably going to so many times mess up saying that as the name um, instead of the old name, but I'll do my best. Uh, I first wanted to t- kind of talk about the the new draft format that we had for the NFL draft this year. Uh, it was I thought super exciting and personal. I kind of liked being in the homes of of these players, uh, seeing them with their families in their kind of more natural way rather than in these fancy suits that they probably don't even want to be wearing. Um, it felt super personal. The only thing I thought was just kind of sad was the contrast between you know, these coaches in their multi-million dollar mansions, I, I mean, or or like yachts, literally, you had Jerry Jones on a yacht, um, and then you have some 19-year-old kids just like chilling at their parents' house. It just, it's a stark contrast, and it really kind of brings me back to that like, 
argument of of college athletes like not getting anything like they're still living these small lives and obviously that that all changes once they get drafted but it's just quite a contrast to look at in that setting um this year's NFL draft was actually the most watched NFL draft ever with 55 million viewers and that's up 35% from last year's draft and I, I think that's a combination of literally there is nothing else to do right now than watch television or you know listen to podcasts or read a book or whatever there there's not too many things out there that you can do so all eyes were on the NFL draft there's also no other sports content out there to look forward to so it felt like you know more eyes were on it but I also thought it was interesting that in the viewership the top city was Columbus which is funny because there is no NFL team in Columbus but I think there's a combination of Bengals and Browns fans there that um, kind of bring that in and Cleveland and Cincinnati were also in the top five in terms of viewership um, which is actually similar to when I talked about the XFL opening weekend the top viewer um, viewing cities I believe both Cleveland and Columbus were were in the top for those. Obviously, Cincinnati was in the top for this because they had the first pick in the draft, um, and it was a very exciting year for them. But I think it just really proves how much Ohio truly loves football. More than any state in the country, Ohio loves football, and I just think it's, it's beautiful that we always represent in that way. Um, but in the NFL draft, obviously, um, Joe Burrow was the first pick, not shocking in any way. I, um, I wrote an article, I don't know if any of you had the time to read it, that I posted. Um, it was my mock draft, and I talked about with Joe Burrow I, and, and the Bengals, I didn't feel like there was any other scenario out there for the Bengals to pick anyone other than Joe Burrow. Um, it's interesting, I, I like go back and forth with with him because I always say something about him feels like he is just a winner. Uh, he he has that it factor, which I think is what you have to look for in the NFL draft. I mean, the NFL draft is quite a wild concept when you think about it. I had a great conversation the other day because um, it's really you're just taking a gamble on a bunch of 19, 20 year old kids. There, there isn't a surefire way of knowing who's going to be successful because honestly, they are still kids. They, they, Some of them were just in high school like two years ago, which is why I kind of feel like it's more important um, when you're a front office looking for these guys to focus on two things. One being what voids you have in your current roster um, and then two, the, the intangibles, which I feel like Joe Burrow has because there is so much unknown about what a player will look like making the jump to professional ball that I think it's more important to focus on things like leadership and some of those qualities that I think makes Joe Burrow a winner. Um, I Obviously, he is a couple years older than a lot of the other guys in the draft, but he's still young um, and it's still hard to say what he's going to be able to do. Um, I, I know I've I've hyped him up so much on this podcast and I still want to hype him up. I like want to call him a future Hall of Famer, which I really hesitate to do because he hasn't played a single snap of professional football and I just don't like to put that kind of pressure on young guys um, before they've really had a chance to prove themselves in the league. It's just so much different than college football. 
Um, but I just, I really believe in him and I think he's going to do great things. It was good to see him representing his hometown too. I think he had Nike make him a shirt um, with their area code. Um, and I just think he seems like a stand-up kid. So it sucks because I really, I'm not cheering for the Bengals. Like that's not in my DNA. I can't do it. I don't believe in that, but I do want Joe Burrow to succeed. I just wish it wasn't there because I can't, I can't root for them, but I'm rooting for him personally. Um, so yes, the Browns draft, um, I thought went pretty well overall compared to some of the reactions I've had in other years. Um, I would say it was rough, pretty safe overall. I don't think there were any major wild cards that I wasn't expecting. The only thing I did want to get into is there has been, mostly on Twitter, I've seen it, a lot of Browns fans hating on Ohio State fans who are also Browns fans that were upset about the drafting of Donovan Peoples-Jones, the wide receiver from that team up north. I, I've i never seen that kind of hatred exist on the internet towards the Browns-Ohio State fan group who feels that way when the Browns, because the Browns have drafted a lot of, lot of guys from that team up north over the years. There have been plenty, and I'm never happy about it. Um, and I don't understand why people have taken such a distaste to that this year, that they're like, oh no, if you are a real Browns fan, you you would be happy with us drafting whoever and you would embrace them immediately. Absolutely not. That is not how I am registered. Like, that's not how I live as a human being. I am dedicated to all of my teams. I am a Browns fan. I am a, an Ohio State Buckeye. At my core, since the day I was born, I mean, however many, six months ago in November, I was just hating Donovan Peoples-Jones and wanting to like crush him uh, in our game against him. And now I'm supposed to just like automatically embrace him. I, I don't know if people truly understand the rivalry between those two teams is probably the biggest rivalry in all of sports. And I'm not going to just flip a switch one day because the Browns decided to draft a guy from that team up north. I just can't do that. Now, if over the years he is able to prove that he is dedicated to Cleveland and he does well for us and he has an allegiance to our city, then I will absolutely embrace him. But I'm not sure why on draft day I'm suddenly expected to just flip a switch and decide that I'm okay with him when I wanted to rip his head off six months ago. Like, that's not how it works. And if you're a true Buckeye fan, then I think you would feel that way too. Maybe I'll come around... Next season, he shows his allegiance. The season after that, he works hard. He shows he's dedicated to Cleveland. Sure, I will absolutely come around to him then. But I'm not going to flip a switch on draft day. And I think it's ridiculous that Ohio State fans are expected to do that when they are just as dedicated to the Browns as they are dedicated to Ohio State. I'm getting heated right now because this topic makes me so angry. And I don't, it, I don't know where it comes from. The, the haters in this in this general category because I there there's like a group of people in Ohio who like have this hate for Ohio State and for people who go there and love Ohio State football. Um, I, I'm not really sure what it is, but um, I love both of my teams and I'm going to support both of my teams and 
you know, I am, I'm just like true to them to my core that I don't, I don't know why I'm expected to, to be able to, to have that switch. So Donovan Peoples-Jones, I hope I can come around to you in time. No, I was not excited we drafted you, especially with KJ Hill still on the board. Really would have rather taken him. We didn't, but it is what it is. Uh, please just prove your allegiance to the city of Cleveland and to the Cleveland Browns and to the fans, and then I will come around to you. But not right now. You haven't given me any reason. I wanted to rip your head off six months ago. So that's just that's how football goes. I mean, it's just a cutthroat sport. So those are my thoughts on that. I'll let myself breathe for a second. Um, but the the other thing that I think really stood out about the Browns draft was the we didn't draft like a ton of LSU guys. I think there was only two that we drafted, but we already have quite a few LSU guys on our roster. You've got Jarvis, you've got OBJ. Um, we've now added Jacob Phillips and Grant Delpit. Um, so there's going to be a pretty full LSU locker room, uh, which I think is, I'm sure it's very exciting for them and their their ability to have some type of team chemistry in that way. Um, and I'm just going to take this time as my personal invitation to Coach O. Uh, you are welcome to come crush some brewskis in the Muni lot with me whenever you're available to watch your guys. I just um, just wanted to throw that out there, you know, if this if this reaches Coach O. Um, other highlights of the draft. I definitely want to talk about Jordan Love being drafted by the Green Bay Packers. This was... I would say the biggest news of the first round because I don't think people, at least I wasn't, expecting Green Bay to draft a quarterback considering their guy Aaron Rodgers probably is not very happy about that right now. Um, a lot of speculation out there that the Packers are trying to force Aaron Rodgers out, uh, which wouldn't fully surprise me, but it, it's kind of sad because... I don't know. Aaron Rodgers has been so huge for them. It's kind of crazy, though, when you think about, go back, how I don't even know, 15 years ago now or 10 years ago. I have no sense of time. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, almost in a similar type position, but um, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is almost understanding more how Brett Favre felt um, during that time now when you realize you've given everything to this team and now they're kind of pushing you out in a way for another younger guy. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, I don't, I mean, we've seen one side of Aaron Rodgers being very honest about how he feels. And, and I, I think we'll get some interesting quotes from him in the coming, coming weeks and months about how, how he really feels about what the Packers are doing. But I'm not sure if they have any plans to actually start Jordan Love or if they're going to kind of groom him this season and then next season try to have him take over, but we'll see what happens. It was certainly interesting, though, and you certainly saw a reaction from fans across the across the country about that one. Um, let's see, some NBA talk. Um, I've seen speculation that the NBA might finish their season in Disney, which is interesting. I'm I know that they like probably have lots of courts and stuff there that they use that they can use to play on. Um, it was just kind of a, a random location I feel like. 
I've been thinking about this a lot on the NBA being able to finish their season, and of course I want that to happen. It's like sad how everything has gone down because I really thought LeBron had a, a shot and the Lakers had a shot at winning this year, and I still think they do, I'm sure. I mean, I've seen on LeBron's Instagram, he's still staying in great shape, working out constantly. Um, but I know if they do still finish the season and the Lakers are able to win, there's always going to be an asterisk next to this title. Like, Or if any team wins, you know, it's not going to be a full championship, like a real, a real win. And I know that's the argument that Jordan fans are going to use against LeBron if he is able to pull it off this year, that, like, it wasn't a real ring. Like, it doesn't count as that he has four now. Um, I just, I first see that happening. So when you try to say that to me in, like, four months, I already already know. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Which kind of brings me into the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary that has been gracing our television screens for the last couple of Sundays. I think there's still two more Sundays because we have episodes 7, 8, and then 9 and 10. It's been super great to watch it. I'm I'm so glad that they pushed up the start date from June to, to April to really give us something to to watch and to focus on. It's fascinating to look at the way basketball has changed over the years just even like the flash of the league you look at these locker rooms that they were that they were in at the time and you forget they were just like average guys playing in these tiny little locker rooms now the locker rooms are all done up and fancy for them it's just it's interesting to look at the way the game has evolved and the way the popularity of the game has evolved I've talked about how on here before kind of in the history of sports how I felt like I think I talked about this when I talked about David Stern passing away and how he kind of formed the dream team and that the dream team really made basketball a a global phenomenon that people really cared about it. And you could really see that in this documentary of when the dream team happened and how much people across the world just loved and adored Michael Jordan. And it was almost sad to see like him sitting in his hotel room alone after being bombarded by the media for hours and hours during the day, couldn't get a second alone, just kind of, it, it was sad to see him just sitting there by himself saying, hey, it's, it's actually not that great to be Michael Jordan because you can't do anything. You just have to sit here by yourself if you want some peace and quiet. Otherwise, you're going to have cameras and microphones in your face all day. Um, so it was just, it's interesting to see how that, basketball became a global phenomenon because of that but also sad to see like how much it it took over his life and probably the the burden he felt because of that um the one thing I will say about watching this I mean you guys all know what I feel about the GOAT conversation I do believe that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time most people disagree with me um but I think watching this, I fully understand why he's great and why there is an argument for it, for him um, being the greatest of all time. But I do still believe that people look at his career through rose-colored glasses, that they forget when they say that he won six straight finals, that 
he didn't only play six seasons in the NBA. He played other seasons in the NBA, and he was not in the finals in those other seasons. And I feel like it's so easy to have revisionist history, and I'm sure that people will have the same thing with LeBron in 20 years when some new guy comes into the league and is tearing it up. People will have some type of revisionist history for LeBron to make those same arguments. That's just how it works as time goes on. I mean, people do this with everything. You want to look at the, you remember the good things and sometimes the not so good things you start to forget and those become, you know, those are diminished and the good things really rise above. And I feel like people always do that with Michael Jordan's career as they look at it through rose colored glasses and I think there's just an unfair amount of criticism and scrutiny put on what LeBron does every single day. I mean, even there was the talks about, you know, the episode with Dennis Rodman going to Vegas for two days. People say the we- the league is weak now, but like, I don't think a guy would get away with doing that now than they would then. Even, I mean... You had, like, Michael Jordan golfing with, I think it was the Boston Celtics, some guys on the Boston Celtics during their playoff series. People don't do that now. Like, everyone says they're too friendly in the league now, but I don't see, like, LeBron golfing with Steph Curry during the, you know, Cavs Warriors series two years, however many years ago that was now. <laughs> Seems like two years ago, but it's four. Um, you don't see that happening. Uh, so it's kind of... It's upsetting to see how people look at now differently than before. Uh, I also think players adjust their play to what they need to to do what they need to do to be successful in the league at that time. So right now we're in a, a three-point shooting type of league. So players are adjusting their game in order to be successful in a league that is formatted in that way. So people say that the league was much more physical and aggressive at the time. It absolutely, yeah, they were like punching each other in the face. But you can't get away with that now because you would foul out of the game. So you can't really compare the two because I'm sure that these like 250 pound, six foot eight basketball players would still love to punch each other in the face sometimes, but they don't want to foul out of the game. So they're not going to do that because they're playing to win the game. So it's really hard to compare the physicality of the game because of the way the game is officiated now as compared to then. Also, players are much bigger, faster, stronger now due to more that we know about workout supplements and, you know, etc. Just working out in general to have you be at, you know, the best physical shape possible that if they beat each other up now, it would be a little bit different than these scrawny guys beating each other up in the 80s. So I don't know. It's just made me reflect on a lot of things about the way we look at things now as compared to how we looked at things, you know, 30 years ago or whenever. 30, 40, however many years ago. Uh, But I love watching it. It's so exciting to put it on every single Sunday. I, it's always, it's just interesting to dive into him and who he is and what he was thinking during that time because he hasn't really been super outspoken even after his career. He's kind of hid in the shadows and he's never been a super talkative guy in that way. Um, so it's really, it's interesting to hear what was going on in his head. I think my favorite part of everything was still the Vegas part with Carmen Electra. She's really eating that up if you check out her social media right now. She's just like super stoked to be 
talked about and out there and she's just really living in the moment with that right now so um I think that was definitely my favorite part of all of it but uh definitely if you haven't watched it absolutely check it out it's just like a great historical thing to look at too if you're interested in the history of the NBA and how it's changed over time um I really loved it so that is all I have for you guys today I am really, really going to work hard on getting some more guests on, even virtually. I kind of figured out a way to maybe do it better um, when recording, so I'm super excited about trying to figure that out. I've literally, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna start DMing players. I've already started trying to get some players on, um, so we'll see if I can make it happen, but um, the worst they can say is not answer. <laughs> so again, uh, that is all I have, but happy to be back. Happy to be talking about sports again. Um, and I'll catch you guys next week.